is every indication that Duke has hydrophobia. Rabies. But where could he get rabies? Now, don't forget, he was attacked and bitten by some animal. Duke isn't the gentle creature that he was before. He's a hopelessly mad dog. Hell hath no fury like a rabid animal. They drool and foam, stumble around drunkenly, they hiss and bark and growl. But most of all, they attack. Rabies is bonkers. And today we explore every inch of the history of Hollywood from nips and bites and scratches and saliva as I present a history of rabies in film. Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in Palais Company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and schools the other. We discuss everything from Satanists to avenging hookers to castration. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hi, Tom. Hey, Slate. How are you? Good. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, did you think that I could come up with a whole episode on rabies? I was a little skeptical. I mean, I definitely wanted to see what you could come up with, because mm-hmm. rabies, you know? Uh-huh. But rabies. Rabies. Exclamation, exclamation point. point. No, but, the exclamation point. Right. That's important. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if you could squeeze an hour out of rabies, so I'm excited to see. Uh-huh. I think I did it, um, although this one was tough, and as I was telling people that I was writing this, they were like, you've really only got two to three movies, um, but I think I found some actual, some kind of interesting uh, information oh, uh, in here, too. So I, I'm kind of excited about this one because it's so narrow yeah. that it really forced me to have to dig down a lot deeper than, you know, like last uh, my last episode, Golden Age of Porn, there was so much information that I kind of had to condense it down into a couple of years. Right. This one, it was not that I had to stretch a little bit. So interesting. All right. Okay. You I'm ready? Oh, jump yeah, right yeah. in. All yeah. right. Of course, I'm going to talk about rabies in movies, but I want to start about talking about actual rabies. Okay. Okay. So rabies is a viral disease that causes eventual inflammation of the brain. It stays close to the point of infection for most of the incubation period. So like if, if you get you know, bitten on your arm, then the rabies stays there for a while until it starts to spread through your body, but it, it heads for your brain. Gotcha. In every circumstance of rabies, if not treated, it will kill you. There is no such thing as you kind of just like sitting it out and getting better. Like rabies kills everything in its path. It's not like, you know, starve a cold, like feed rabies. Right. Yeah. Like, no, you're mm-hmm. fucked if, unless you no. actually get treated. Okay. Gotcha. There is some evidence of that you can put somebody into a coma and then when you pull them out of the coma, it can help get rid of rabies. Huh. Um, but you have to, in every circumstance, you have to have a ridiculous 
ridiculous amount of treatment for it not to kill you. Yeah. And usually by the time you show symptoms, you're you're, you're as good as dead. Yeah. Gotcha. So how do you get rabies? Yeah. Um, I know you know this probably, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm going somewhere with this. Oh please. It's rare, but you can get it through organ transplants, especially like cornea transplants or what they say is aerosol. I'm guessing that means being sprayed by rabies somehow. Huh. It's impossible to contract rabies through the mouth and the nose, okay. although rare. Um, but the main thing that you get it from is infected saliva to the bloodstream. So that mostly means you get it by being bit by something or someone with rabies. The most common way to get rabies now is being bitten by a dog, although most dogs in developed countries get shots, which is why rabies is not very common in the U.S. anymore. Right. Household cats can carry it. Actually, any mammal can carry it, although some are more common carriers than others. The most common after dogs and cats are coyotes, opossums, skunks, wolves, foxes, monkeys, and groundhogs, and bats. Yeah. Bats were at one time the most common transmission since they have these tiny little teeth and can suck the blood from your nose or ears um, while you slept. In fact, a woman, I'm not making this up, in fact, a woman in South Carolina had mentioned that she found bats living in her home right before she died in 2011 from rabies. Jesus. So, like, they can do this in your sleep so without I'm you So, I'm just crashed down, I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Bat flies down from wherever it's living in my house mm-hmm. and just suck blood out of my nose. And you don't even notice it. Hmm. Yeah. You just like wake up and then all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, why am I like foaming at the mouth? Right. People don't really foam at the mouth. But no. Like, no. You're like, why am I so sick right Why now? am I running around work biting people? Yeah. <laughs> really mad. Well, the weird thing about rabies is that like usually, um, I talk about it a little bit later, but you're very sick and you're having like brain dysfunctional problems. Yeah. And, and when you go to the doctor, like they don't know what's wrong with you. They can't just be like, oh, you probably have rabies. Right. Like usually it's kind of the last that, you know, it's after like weeks of trying to figure out what you have. They're like, oh, you have rabies and you're going to die. There's nothing we can right. do. You either have a brain tumor or rabies. Right. Right. But some act- some animals don't can't get rabies. Um, rabbits have practically no history of getting or transmitting it. It's oh. kind of unclear, but it looks like neither do squirrels, hamsters, guinea pigs, gerbils, chipmunks, rats, or mice. See, the, the rumor is squirrels always, like everybody's like, don't get near that squirrel, it's got rabies. Don't feed the squirrel because he's got rabies. I, that, I heard that growing up like all the time. Yeah, squirrels do not get rabies. See? Um, it's just not a thing. Uh, so a I guess that's, that's good, yeah. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you're off the hook. Gotcha. In 2010, Australian pop singer Samantha Fox was bitten by a rabid cat in Thailand and had to receive many rounds of treatment. Famous Bronte sister Emily Bronte was bit by a rabid dog and cauterized herself immediately with a hot stove iron. Ow. And recent evidence suggests that the widely disputed death of Edgar Allan Poe was from rabies. Huh. I don't think that's true, but no. that's a theory. Oh. And rabies has been a around since literally forever. Aristotle wrote in 300 BC that rabies is one of the diseases that affects dogs and any animal that the dog bites. So that means that not only was it around 300 years before Jesus showed up, but they already understood the way that rabies worked by that time. So rabies is no new thing, even compared to something like cholera, the bubonic plague, or or smallpox. You know, it's been around forever. Right. So I want to play a little game. Oh, goody. And it's called Two Truths and a Lie. Do you know this game? Yeah. Okay. So what I do is I'm going to say three things. Two of them are true and one of them is a lie. You have to pick which one the lie is. Goody. Okay. So this is, we're going to play this throughout the the episode. I'm game. Let's do this. And and this one is about general rabies. All right. Okay. You ready? Two truths and a lie. One, 
The term hair of the dog actually references the way people used to treat rabies by killing the dog that infected them and rubbing its hair clippings in the infected area. Okay. Two, some men reportedly have uncontrollable ejaculations upwards of 30 times a day in the final stages of rabies before death. Okay. Number three, a baby in the Democratic of Congo once transmitted rabies to a dog by biting it. Wow, that's hard. You want me to run through them real quick? Hair of the dog. Right. If you get rabies, if you rub, kill the dog and rub the hair in there, then it then it will cure you. Uncontrollable ejaculations or ba- a baby bit a dog and gave it rabies. No, the lie is the second one. The uh, uncontrollable ejaculations. Actually, that one is true. Oh. Uh, and hair of the dog is true, too. The, the, baby? the baby one is wrong, but actually the baby didn't transmit it to a dog. The baby bit its father and brother and transmitted transmitted rabies to the father wow. and brother. Yeah. They both were okay because you can be treated for it in the early stages. The baby didn't make it. Um, bad baby. Right there you there. go. All right. Um, so rabies is pretty fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like it's really, it's, it's really gross. an unpleasant uh, situation. But fear not, Tom. Rabies has a vaccine, as discovered by Louis Pasteur. Oh wow. Um, I guess it's probably Louis. He's not Italian. I don't know. He's French. Louis. Let's see. Fact check us on this, folks. Okay. Louis Pasteur. Okay. Um, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was the scientist that we always talked about in science class that discovered a vaccine for anthrax, pasteurized milk and wine, hence the name, and created the first treatment for humans that were at risk from contracting rabies. So how appropriate that the first film in history to deal with rabies is all about him. Oh, wow. The movie, The Story of Louis Pasteur in 1936, chronicles the life and experiments of Pasteur, played by Paul Muni and his arguments with people that thought he was a quack in France in the 1860s. The movie is basically about, you know, him as a scientist and all of the things that he did. Sure. And he has a super melodramatic scene when he injects a child with his untested rabies treatment and saves his life. For a science-y told-you-so movie, it's pretty enjoyable. I actually went to go fact-check it, and some of the things in the movie uh, don't really, like, check out. It's more of, like, a biopic than it is a biography. Regardless, Paul Muni won Best Actor at the Oscars, and it was a really big surprise hit in 1936. Some people even credit it as one of the precursors to the contagion genre, like Outbreak and World War Z, which we'll talk about more in a bit. Okay. I'm going to move on, but since it's not exactly the best source of facts, I'm going to challenge you with two truths and a lie. Oh, great. About uh, Louis Pasteur. One, when Lewis was nine years old, a rabid wolf ravaged his small hometown and attacked a number of people, eight of which died of rabies. Two, Lewis Pasteur injected himself with rabies to prove that his treatment worked. Three, in 1885, the New York Herald raised $1,000 to send four Newark, New Jersey boys to Paris on a steamship to be treated by Pasteur since that was the only place a rabies vaccine was available. The first one's a lie. That one's true. Well, sure. Um, he was going to inject himself. He just never did. Oh, got you. So the second one was a lie. The second one's a lie. Oh. 20 years would go by until we get our next notable and probably most memorable rabies movie. You know what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old Yeller? Old Yeller, yeah. Old Yeller, Old Yeller, Old Yeller. Lop-eared mongrel, fancy free without a family tree. But he could up and do it, and prove there's nothing to it, and that's how a good dog should be. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. 
doggone dog in the west. So interestingly enough, Old Yeller also takes place in the 1860s, the same mm -hmm. time the story of Louis Pasteur took place, but this time in Texas instead of Paris. The Civil War had just ended, and on a small family farm, Father Jim Coates leaves his young son in charge of his mother and younger brother while he goes off to a cattle drive. Okay. The family soon adopts a dog, which they named Old Yeller, partially because that's how they said yellow in Texas, and also because he's loud. Hmm. The movie then turns into what I think is probably the first boy and his dog movie. They have adventures together until something devastating happens to Old Yeller, of course. Yeah. I watched it actually twice. It's kind of a badass movie. I remember watching it in elementary school and it was kind of like all like emotional and shit. You know, yeah. like everybody cried. But watching it as, as an adult is kind of a whole other experience. First off, the younger brother Arliss gets attacked by a bear and Old Yeller like kicks its ass. Oh, wow. No, yeah. that's cool. Old Geller then saves Travis from being stampeded by wild boars and gets all cut up. And so Mrs. Coates, the mother, like goes up to, she gets the son to pull a hair out of the horse's butt, out of its, what do you call it? Tail mane? Tail mane. Tail. It's butt. Yeah, sure. And she pulls out a needle and she just stitches Old Yeller up, like sitting right there with a, with a horse butt hair Aww. and a needle. And then the ending, a rabid wolf shows up and Old Yeller defends the family against it. Travis shoots the wolf, but not before it bites Old Yeller. They keep him penned up for a month, but he turns bad and Travis had to shoot his own pet dog. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah. Remember the movie? Yeah. yeah. So Old Yeller is a Disney movie, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because a story about a boy having to kill the title character of the movie doesn't exactly sound like good family. No, no, no. Good no. family afternoon. It traumatized a generations of kids. But Walt Disney reportedly wouldn't hear of a happier ending. They talked about the fact that like maybe they should find some way to save Old Yeller. But he was a showman, you know, and so he knew that there was no story if Old Yeller didn't, you know, kick it at the end. Right. Like Rin Tin Tin and Lassie, Old Yeller is a staple of baby boomer culture. Yeah. For most boomers, this was the first time that they had ever cried, you know, at a children's movie uh, and were forced to learn some pretty harsh lessons about life. And I was just kind of thought that, you know, young boys probably got talks from their fathers about the difficulty of being a man. Right. Oddly enough, the film wasn't really a runaway success at the time. Critics kind of dismissed it as a quiet little family film. It wasn't until years later that so many boomers would confess being traumatized by the ending and that it kind of started to become a children's staple. Uh, Old Yeller now has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the death of Old Yeller is considered one of the most heartbreaking moments in all of cinematic history. Yeah, it was, it was harsh. The next 20 years would feature a few interesting rabies-themed films. In 1958, Ingrid Bergman made a TV movie called Rabies, which uses the disease as a parallel to scenes from human life where character traits are spreading like a disease, meaning a character that is rejected or oppressed takes it out on someone else. So does, does this Rabies have an exclamation point at the end? It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, well, no. Yeah, not... Classic Bergman. Atticus Finch shoots a rabid dog in one of the most memorable scenes from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. I feel like I remember that that dog, like in, in, in ninth grade English, class was supposed to stand for something and i feel like it was either injustice or wasn't there like an angry mob there was an angry mob right in in to kill a mockingbird oh god you know what's sad i started reading it again and i put it aside when we started researching so 
I I didn't get there. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. It stood for something, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, as a metaphor. Great. We all failed high school. Right. <laughs> the movie Rage in 1966 is a Western that stars Glenn Ford as an angry doctor that gets bitten by a rabid dog. Along with prostitute Stella Stevens, they must get to a hospital in 48 hours before the virus gets to his brain and the disease becomes incurable. Huh. Um, so it's kind of like a Western road movie. No. With rabies. Sounds good. Good yeah, plot. It's a decent movie, actually. Yeah, cool. Okay, so there's this movie called I Drink Your Blood from 1970. I've heard of this movie, but mm-hmm. I've not seen it. It's really bad, and I watched it, um, and I was very confused about it. So I, I own it, and I haven't seen it. It came yeah. in the box set of other I also movies. own it. Okay, and it was yeah. Just, it's very confusing. All right, but so I had to do some research to kind of make it make sense, but it's about a violent hippie LSD rock band <laughs> cult. <laughs> <laughs> that rapes and beats a young girl from town. Oh, wow. In order to get revenge, the girl's younger brother, Pete, injects a rabid dog's blood into the meat pies that the hippies eat, hmm. causing them to turn into crazy bloodlust hippie cult that tries to eat the whole town. Men become animals and eat their victims. I drink your blood. Apparently, the movie was like a drive-in staple, especially in the South, which I'm guessing was a reflection of the end of the hippie generation. I guess. After, like, Altamont, and in this case, probably Charles Manson. By your description, this movie sounds fucking awesome, but yeah. I'm guessing it's it's, it's not. not. No, yeah. I wish it was better. It was just so confusing. Maybe I just wasn't watching it correctly, meaning I was doing, like, other things or something, but it's just weird. It was just bad, kind of. You yeah. know, super low budget, obviously. It was a drive-in movie, but... See, that's that kind of movie that could use a remake because yeah because by the description there just sounds like there should be an awesome movie made out of that right well it's like stop remaking good movies remake bad movies and make them better make make them better yeah because a rabid hippie movie yeah that sounds like gold that's, to me that's correct like the right. idea is correct right yeah so it's bad execution there you go. hollywood learn from this has there been any episode that we've done that we haven't talked about david cronenberg no okay I don't because think he's done either. everything movie ever yeah so one of cronenberg's first films was rabid in yep. 1977. Saw it. All around her, people are dying, and only Rose knows why. You gotta come quick. You gotta come quick and get me. It's Rose. It's gotta be. Something's happened to Rose. Um, Rabbit is a Canadian horror film that stars Marilyn Chambers. Remember her? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. From Behind the Green Door. In her first non-porn role, she gets in an accident and some plastic surgeons do some weird new skin grafting procedure on her while she's in a coma. Mm-hmm. When she wakes up, she has a thirst for blood and biting. And as she feeds, we realize kind of like what's happened to her. You remember this? Yes, yes. She has a new external organ in her armpit, which looks like a butthole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when hungry, some type of penis claw shoots out of it, out of the butthole, and punctures the victim. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. God. uh, Yeah. It looks like a butt. It looks like a butthole. It gives them zombie slash rabies symptoms like pus eyes and foaming mouths. Yeah. And then the victims start looking to feed as well, and the city of Montreal turns into a rabies-infected nightmare. So, like, normal. Uh, yeah, just like normal Montreal. Right. Yeah, they're out of out of control in Canada. <laughs> yeah. So rude. So uh, in Bad Movie Monday style, I want to do a couple standout scenes of this. Just oh, goody. Because there, there's some good ones. Yeah, um, sounds like it. A policeman opens fire in a mall on a man with rabies. He kills him, but he also kills the mall Santa Claus. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's nice. Um, in the middle of a surgery, the surgeon who has rabies grabs a nurse's hand and cuts her finger off with a scalpel <laughs> and shoves the stump in his mouth. Wow. Pretty great. Maybe I haven't seen this. But I had never even heard of it. I mean, I it's think, such an early... I think it was Cronenberg's third film. I'm thinking that there's another, a different movie of his that I did see where, like, this apartment building, everybody gets infected by whatever, like, they all become, like, nymphos. That's a different movie. That, that is, it is. is. So I was confusing these, these yeah. two. So no, I haven't seen Rabbit. That movie was Shivers. Oh, that's it right. It was the film before uh, Rabbit, and similar in theme, but, yeah. but not... I couldn't, like, quite classify it as a rabies movie. Yeah. Sorry to digress, but yeah. No, I haven't fine. seen Rabbit. Sounds yep. phenomenal. I did just write... Uh, one of the bonker scenes is the closing scene. I don't want to ruin it, but it's so morbid and a really, really great ending. Um, so I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. But. Well, then I'll watch it. You can't trust your mother. Your best friend. The neighbor next door. One minute, they're perfectly normal. The next, rabid. Uh, Rabbit is actually a pretty great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched an interview with Cronenberg and he said that he wanted a pre carry Sissy Spacek for the lead originally. Yeah. Uh, but the producers didn't want a girl with such a Southern accent in a Canadian film. Hmm. Too bad that while it was being filmed, Carrie was released and it made Sissy Spacek a huge star, which probably could have helped the movie considering that it didn't really have a great box office. Right. Um, instead, of course, Marilyn Chambers was chosen to help capitalize on her infamous porn career, having been the star of Behind the Green Door, as we yeah. discussed. And she's she's not that bad, actually. She's, she's pretty good. She's a beautiful girl, so so, you right. know, that kind of... You, you want her to succeed. You know? Right, yeah, sure. Cronenberg was already considered to be kind of a trash director at that point. Yeah. Uh, and many critics, mostly Canadians, really didn't care for. But he thought that they didn't like his early gruesome films because they didn't know what to make of them. And he later spoke about the disease-rabies-AIDS connection uh, and how different Rabid was from horror films at the time. He said, quote, this is a clunky quote, but he wrote, the inner horror being inside as the source of horror as opposed to something outside at the time was very unique. Yeah. So that it was kind of an internal, it was, it was, it was body horror, yeah. you know, and, and that, was, that was different at the time. It's worth a watch. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. In 1983, the fourth of the Stephen King adaptations would be released after Carrie, Salem's Lot, and The Shining. You know this, I take it? Of course I know this. Uh Uh-huh. Cujo. Right. Cujo is actually pretty much the inspiration for this topic. Yeah. I love the movie Cujo, even though I kind of realize it's not a very, not that great of a movie. No. I think maybe because there's nothing supernatural about the movie, even though it's kind of like a horror thriller. It's also set in a really small amount of space, which I always kind of love because it just adds the claustrophobic element, Yeah, you know, and that's always a, a little bit of extra drama. So maybe read, that's why I like it. Did you ever read the book? I did, yeah. Yeah, same here. So same thing. And I kind of, I like the book too, even though Stephen King admitted that he was such an alcoholic at the time. He yeah, didn't even remember. wasted. Doesn't yeah. even remember writing that book. But I, I like the book. I I'm glad you remember the book because that's going to come in handy when you play Two Truths and a Lie in a minute. Oh, goody. Mm-hmm. So some background on Cujo. Stephen King actually recommended director Louis Teague, although the studio went with Peter Sendick. But he quit after a day or two and Louis Teague stepped in to, to do it. He was second choice. Yeah. Louis Teague, if you don't know him, he directed Jewel of the Nile, um, oh, Navy yeah. Seals. And then he actually did another Stephen King adaptation. He did Cat's Eye. Okay. So the plot of Cujo. Cujo's a dog that catches rabies by chasing a rat. Yep. which we all know cannot get rabies from our first part of the uh, podcast. He gets into a hole and gets bitten by a bat. Right. 
And that's how he gets rabies. Yeah. After a few days, Cujo gets all crazy and attacks and kills some white trash men. Are, are they white trash men or white trash men? They're white trash men. Okay. They're not trash men. Okay. Yeah. The last 40 minutes centers around Dee Wallace, who was Elliot's mom in E.T. Yeah. And her son, Danny Pentaro, who was Jonathan from Who's the Boss. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he was in there. Stuck in a car that won't start as Cujo tries to eat them. Yeah. And it's the middle of summer. Yeah. Nothing that lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. Please, God, get me out of here. Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo. Needless to say, the toughest part about filming Cujo was the dog. Yeah. Um, Louis Teague said that they had five different dogs, a man in a dog suit, a mechanical dog head, and a dog suit that could be worn by a Labrador retriever. So a dog, dog suit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Although they never used it. Hmm. Yet the dog is probably one of the reasons why the movie isn't really that great. Right. Well, dogs are lovable, wonderful creatures. Most days I like dogs more than people. So even though victims are a mother and child, it's still hard to look at the dog as being a bad guy. Right. Does that make sense? I can see that. Yeah. One of the really interesting things about the movie is the promotions. Cujo was a bestseller, but wasn't exactly guaranteed to make money. Right. In fact, without Stephen King's name on it, it's about a woman and her kids stuck in a car while a dog tries to bite them. Yeah, pretty much. Not exactly the thing that 80s teens were, you know, dying to see. Sure we were. Um, So the poster was vague, the trailers were vague, and the cast was vague in interviews. It looked more like something was attacking and a dog may have been involved, as opposed to a dog attack movie, considering most of the exciting parts are watching a bloody, dirty dog trying to get into the car. I remember that. I remember the commercial. You didn't know if it was like some creature that... You didn't know what... the fuck Cujo was if you hadn't read the book right i remember that i remember that ad yeah. campaign yeah, yeah they did that on purpose reviews were pretty mixed but it made it made decent money and is generally considered to be one of the better stephen king adaptations not bad yeah if i remember correct. are you ready for two truths and a lie of course okay. yes two truths and a lie number one in the novel Cujo, the little boy actually dies at the end yes so you know that that's a truth. Yes. All right. Well, I'll give you a hint. You're correct. <laughs> so in these next two, one of them's a lie. D. Wallace was actually bitten on the face during shooting and had to get multiple stitches. Or the part of D. Wallace's husband was originally supposed to go to Tony Danza. The second one. Is the lie. And is the truth. Is true. That's correct. Yeah. No, Tony Danza was never involved in this. I just thought it was funny because he was Jonathan's dad. That's why I thought, I mean, weirder things have happened and I wanted that to be true so bad. D. Wallace got bit in the face. You did on that one. Yeah, I was asking about D. Wallace getting bit in the face. Uh Uh-huh. She got bit on the face by the actual dog and had to get stitches in the middle of the movie. Don't work with children or animals and she worked with both. 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 She deserved that. She deserved that. She knew what she was getting into. So I want to talk about horror movies for a few minutes. Oh, good. a good number of films came out after Cujo and Rabbit that had rabies plot points but maybe we're something else entirely sure an american werewolf in paris seen it yeah it's awful just watch the first one yeah it's a shitty 1997 spinoff of an american werewolf in julie delphi in that yeah she is poor girl 
It kind of looks like American Pie combined with the howling. Anyway, the the lead of the movie thinks that he has rabies, but in fact is turning into a werewolf. Yeah. It was kind of like a euphemism. Like in order to make sense of this, he turned to an animalistic answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. I I imagine you are. 28 days later in 2002 revolves around a monkey disease that gets out and once infected causes people to attack others. Yeah. It was a contagion slash zombie movie, although the infected weren't killed and then resurrected like in Night of the Living Dead or Dead Alive. No. Towards the middle of the movie, we find out that the virus happens 10 to 15 seconds after being infected. So it's so crazy that it doesn't kill its victims. It causes their behavior as mammals to change. Right. The Mexican film Rec, R-E-C, like record, in 2007 and the American remake Quarantine in 2008 are about a TV news crew that is following the overnight shift of a fire department when they receive a call from an apartment manager that heard screams coming from one of his tenants' apartments. Tenants' apartments. Yes. You know this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. This series, yeah. They respond and find an old woman who's infected with some crazy virus. It's rabies. And starts to bite other people in the building. They obviously try to get out, but the CDC quarantines them in the building and has snipers shoot anyone that tries to escape which is kind of like the scariest part about the movie they eventually realize that a dog from the building was patient zero and basically everyone gets rabies and goes manic and bites each other there's a little backstory but i won't spoil it right yeah there's a couple other things with that so wreck is the better of the two i think um yes it's a little clunky and trite it's a found footage movie and we're all sick of looking at those i liked wreck too actually Uh uh-huh i didn't see that one yeah that was actually pretty good okay uh, that was on an airplane, right? No, it took place at the same time, and actually, it was a. Some of it was at the same time. It showed interspersed between these kids that were sneaking into the building when it all went down, mm. and then it showed the cops on their like body cams yeah. when they went in and raided the building. Oh wow! So it sort of adds other elements to the cool, while yeah. the first one's going on. It's it's actually pretty solid. Okay. The third one I heard was, uh, and, and I don't know, uh, not as good, or one of the, or the fourth one, one of those. Wasn't as good, and the other one's okay. I don't know. Well, the sequel the, to Quarantine, I'm pretty sure about this, okay. is on a plane. Yeah, and that's yeah. totally... Unre- yeah, they didn't follow any of the rec sequels no, no. for Quarantine. Again, clunky, but for a found footage movie about rabies quarantine, you could do worse. Right. But here's my point. These three films, An American Werewolf in Paris, about werewolves, mm-hmm. 28 Days Later, about zombies, right. and Rec slash Quarantine, about viral contagions, are kind of all rabies films. Yes. All three have animal origins... All three have almost immediate effects, meaning that no one dies and then comes alive again with zombie instincts. And all three involve only transmissions that are also characteristics of rabies. Right. Like in some in 28 Days Later, someone becomes infected when he gets tainted blood in his eye. Right. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Rabies begat werewolves. Rabies begat zombies. Rabies begat some contagions. And rabies maybe begat vampires? Sure. Remember from my opening that rabies was around at least since 300 BC, and the first mention of vampires was in the 1700s. So that's practically 2,000 years between the written record that an infected animal that bites another animal will give them the same disease. That's the premise for vampires, werewolves, and zombies. Right. Thoughts? Wow. That is well done. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. That makes a lot of sense. Especially considering, you know, the mystical ways that people try to cure stuff and how supernatural diseases looked to people, you know, ancient peoples or whatever. And how tying that in to illnesses, I can see how these legends, you know, come up like that. That makes perfect sense. And, of course, 
you know, just basic infections would become would come from bites too. So of course, it makes total sense. Yeah, that somebody. And it's not would... just that you get a disease and die, which is right. what most diseases most do. Diseases to you, do. That you get a disease and you constantly you're living to spread that disease, right. which is what rabies does more in animals than in humans. Sure. But, you know. No, that makes total sense. All right. Good. There you go. Good job. Thanks. My babies got rabies, not gonorrhea, syphilis, or scabies. She's a contraceptive wonder, the foam drips out from under her smile when she's in ecstasy. My babies got rabies. She's absolutely mad about me. So I'm going to do something that I've never done before in this show. Okay. And you might find it kind of shocking. Okay. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about kids' movies. Wow. <laughs> now, we never talk about kids' movies. We kind of did. I, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Go right. for it. So Problem Child 2. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> when was the last time you thought about the Problem Child movie? Well, hopefully the rest of my life, but you yeah. ruined that. I feel like I remember watching the Problem Child movies in the early 90s, um, even though I was more of like a truth or dare type of uh, movie watcher at that point. Hmm. If you don't know, Problem Child and Problem Child 2 were terrible movies about an eight-ish year old kid that was bad and caused trouble. And it was during the kind of like Home Alone and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids era of kids' movies. Yes. Anyway, Junior, the problem child, doesn't like the woman his father is about to marry, so he switches their blood test results, and authorities think that she has rabies. He, like, switches it with a rabid animal or mm-hmm. whatever. So dumb. They go to quarantine her, and she's at a at her bachelorette party eating a frosted cupcake, which she gets all over her mouth. So, like, when they bust in there, she's got, like, frosting all over their mouth, and they think, you know, foaming of the mouth, mouth is, yeah. like, a <laughs> so stupid. Good God. <laughs> Do they shoot her? What? <laughs> yes, they murder her in front of Problem Child. I love kids' movies and, in the 90s. Um, and he has to go to a mental institution to deal with the trauma. Probably the best place yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Over the Hedge in 2006 with Bruce Willis as RJ the Raccoon, who tries to get a squirrel to steal Girl Scout cookies by pretending he has rabies. He messes up his hair, gets him all dirty, and sprays Ready Whip in his mouth. (laughs) Um, But the plan doesn't work. Also, as I mentioned, squirrels can't get rabies. We all know this. We all know this. Bruce Willis. You never learn. Never fucking learn, man. Disaster movie in 2008 isn't a kid's movie, but there's a parody of the live-action movie Alvin and the Chipmunks. Okay. Where the chipmunks all have rabies and attack. That's funny. It's kind of funny. It's actually kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) There's a rabid beagle named Spitz in Wes Anderson's The Fantastic Mr. Fox from 2009. I don't remember the... I saw that. I I don't remember that. Yeah, he's a little more docile than like a stereotypical rabid dog, um, but he does have a foamy mouth, and he ends up chasing Mr. Fox and chewing things. Is he like, I have rabies and I don't feel good today. It's Wes Anderson. Right. So that's how, a that's a Wes Anderson emo, rabies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the critically panned dud Marmaduke in 2010 based on the comic strip. Do you remember when this came no, out? No, but tell me Marmaduke gets rabies. Please tell me he gets he rabies. He doesn't. Oh. Um, but I, de- I don't even remember this coming out, but the internet has just made so much fun of it. But it has the voices of, listen to this, Owen Wilson, Emma Stone, George Lopez, Ice-T, William H. Macy, Fergie, Damon and Marlon Wayans, and Kiefer Sutherland. How the fuck did they get all those people together? I don't know. That's crazy. Sam Elliott is the voice of Chupadogra, a rabid English (laughs) mastiff. Chupadogra. It's just probably... They said that the the movie, the last joke in it is a fart joke. They're just like, it's the worst movie. That sounds dreadful, Mm -hmm. but I'm fascinated. 
There is a scene where Marmaduke stops to look in a store window and sees a TV playing a classic rabies movie. So this is two lies and a truth, because it can only be one. All right. Was the movie Cujo, An American Werewolf in Paris, or Old Yeller? Old Yeller, of You're course. Right. You're right. Good job. I think that's the last two truths and a lie. You should have put that one up front because that was the easiest one. Yeah. Well, you. T- I thought you were going to do better at it, but... I know. fucking suck at that game. Yeah. You were really good at... What was the last gimmick I did? I don't know. <laughs> you're t- I drank more you're before. You're like, I That's need to go why to I did better. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let me finish up. So a few more movies in the 2000s to catch us up to date. Yeah. Um, the Breed in 2006 was Wes Craven's offering to the rabies game, although he didn't direct it. The Breed is about five college type students that helicopter to one of their parents' home on a deserted island for a fun weekend getaway. Unfortunately, the island was a test site for animals and is now infested with rabid dogs, which infect anyone they can get their teeth on. Not that great. Was Snoop Dogg in this? No. Why did I think that? I don't know. Okay. This is not a movie where you would where Snoop Dogg was. <laughs> this is in no way a Snoop I don't know Dogg why movie. I even remotely thought that. In 2010, the first Israeli horror film ever made came out and it was called Rabies. Um, that's all great, but it has nothing to do with rabies. Yeah. I got it and watched it. I got about halfway through and thought, I think I've made a mistake here. It's not a rabies movie. Don't watch that movie, everyone. It might be good. I don't know. I turned it off. Right. Uh, the now huh. cult classic-ish Troll Hunter in 2011. I you know Troll parts Hunter? of that, yeah. yeah. Streaming on Netflix now. Uh, it's a Norwegian found footage movie about searching for giant trolls. Yes, and mm-hmm. there's some big trolls in that Very movie. Very large. One of the men on the crew gets bitten by a troll and finds out that from a blood sample that the troll is rabid. Oh, there's a small indie horror movie called... Come on now, that's crap. Everyone knows trolls can't get rabies. I, like that's squirrels. what I thought, too. I it's mean, bullshit. Like, yeah. There's a small indie horror movie called Mulberry Street from 2011 I watched, which is kind of similar to Wreck and Quarantine. Yeah. In New York City, where, of course, we have a bit of a rat problem, an apartment on Mulberry Street downtown becomes infected with a weird rat virus, which behaves a lot like rabies. Of course, we know rats don't get rabies, but... Right, of course. And then The Barons in 2012 is a terrible, terrible low-budget horror movie about a family that goes into The Barons for a family camping trip. Mm-hmm. The father keeps seeing that he has seen the Jersey Devil. It's kind of a movie about the Jersey Devil. Okay. But in fact, he has rabies instead, which is giving him hallucinations and paranoia. Oh. So that's kind of the twist. You have rabies. You're having hallucinations. Hearing things, hydrophobia. You have extreme paranoia and dementia. There's no monster out there, Richard. The monster is you. It's a horrible movie. Is it? Yeah. And my last big example is World War Z from okay. 2012. Yeah. I want to talk about this movie for a second because the background is kind of interesting. World War Z was originally a novel by Max Brooks. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. That was a collection of first-person accounts of pretty much the end of the world once a highly contagious virus gets out. It was kind of turned into an action-slash-zombie-slash-save-the-world film um, that surprisingly works, even though it's a summer Brad Pitt blockbuster. Right. The loose plot, a virus breaks out in concurrent cities and in the first few minutes takes over Philadelphia, where Brad Pitt and his family live. They're helicoptered to safety, but Brad must get to Cardiff to find a vaccination before the whole world becomes infected and zombie chaos ensues. So in the movie, the virus was originally thought to be a form of rabies since the first recording of it came from a soldier who bit the doctor that was trying to treat him. Right. 
No surprise, considering this virus can be transferred by saliva, infected blood, or saliva getting into the eyes, nose, or mouth, similar to 28 Days Later. Right. And like rabies, it affects the brain, making its victims crazy and makes them attack. The only real difference is that it implies that the victim's heart stops working, meaning that it's dead like a zombie, whereas rabies doesn't kill you first. Right. It's implied. Gotcha. But there are some more interesting similarities between World War Z and some other actual outbreaks. In the book's prequel, the original infection started in China, which is where the SARS virus slipped out in 2002. Right. SARS infected almost 8,000 people and killed almost 800 before it was contained. In 2006, the same year World War Z was released, an outbreak of rabies in the southwest of China turned into a mass slaughter, where, this is true, officials had every dog over 54,000 killed to contain the rabies virus. Jeez. It looked a lot like the mass extermination of the zombies in World War Z. Yeah. Huh. And finally, spoiler, Brad Pitt cracks the case when he injects himself with a different disease that makes him invisible to the zombies. Kind of sounds like the story about Louis Pasteur, who was going to inject Inject himself himself. to prove that his vaccination worked. So that brings us up to date, although I have a few honorable mentions. Okay. The Crazies in 1973 then remade in 2010. Yes. You've seen these? I haven't seen either one. (laughs) I know it's a a Romero movie. Yeah. The first one is. It's not really rabies. I think the remake uh, seems a little bit more like rabies. I watched them both. Yeah. Um, You know, both good movies. Probably nothing that really adds to the rabies story. So that's just why I kind of had them as honorable mentions. Sure. Rabid Grannies in 1988, which we (laughs) talked about briefly in our episode on high exploitation. Mm -hmm. Um, It has two older women. They're actually aunts, not grannies. Um, And they contract some type of virus via black magic that turns them into zombie-like creatures. The title's kind of like not very accurate because they're neither grannies and they don't really get rabies either. Hmm. But anyway, I thought I'd That's a great it. title. Yep. Uh, in 2014, David Duchovny and Hope Davis starred in the true story melodrama about a family in Connecticut that built a children's hospital after the death of their daughter. She had started to show flu-like symptoms. When she got super crazy sick, they took her to the hospital. And when the nurse tried to give her water, she like turned away. Huh. Hydrophobia. Right. Being scared of water. Huh. So that's a true story. I- I'm pretty sure she got it from being bit by a bat. Huh. That movie's louder than words. It has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Doesn't sound very... So rabies like doesn't make your movie, movie an automatic winner. Yeah. That's it. That's rabies, exclamation point, in film. What did I miss? Well, I don't think you missed anything. I would say the the World War Z thing is interesting, but also have you have you read the book? No, I haven't. The book's great. Yeah. Uh, the book is written as though an like an oral history of the zombie outbreak, and it's got different stories. I mean, I saw World War Z, and it's fine. It's a fine film that yeah, probably should have just been titled something else. Right. One of the stories is a, like a blind samurai fighting like in the woods fighting zombies. That's yeah. shit. How can you beat that? Yeah. They said actually in the production of it that the script was rewritten at least twice. Mm. Um, And it kind of sounds like maybe the movie was a little bit more complicated, kind of like the book was. And then they were finding out that that didn't work. Then it was like, well, we got Brad Pitt. We need to turn this into a superhero movie type of thing or whatever. Which I actually thought the movie worked, you know, relatively well. Again, if you've read, if you know, hearing about the book, it sounds like the movie is a pretty basic interpretation, basic in the 
bad sense of the word, you know, of, of a better story. But but I think they're doing a sequel to it. Yeah, I heard they were. Lately, the latest thing I saw that stuck with me about rabies. Did you ever you watch The Office? Didn't you? Did you ever watch that uh-huh, show? Yep. You see the episode where they were trying to raise rabies awareness. Oh, yeah, rabies awareness. And yeah, it was like that three was... people a year die from rabies right. or whatever, and they had the. the ra- I laugh every time I think of the rabies quilt. The yeah, the rabies, rabies quilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's shit. I still laugh at that. Yeah. I think that show was pretty good. It had some solid seasons, but that episode I always laugh at. Yeah. No, it's funny because like when I was doing this. And I was thinking about Cujo and Old Yeller. Um, you know, it was like, how am I going to do a whole episode? And rabies is just like not a thing, especially right. in America, you know, now, because yeah. obviously you can prevent it. But, you know, every now and then there is a case like the woman in 2011 who got bit by a bat. You know? Yeah. It's like you can't you can't give bats rabies shots. You know what I mean? Like, And here's the thing with that, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a something that can be treated and it's and dealt with. But again, yeah, you, if you got somebody who lives... They live alone, they live far away, they live in the sticks, they something like that, they get bit with a bat, they don't treat it. Right. And next thing you know, you got somebody who's freaking rabid running around yeah. biting people or and have a butt under their arm with a talon that yeah, comes out. Yeah, a butthole in their armpit. Uh, right. It's yeah, and, and again, it's like by the time that you show any signs of rabies, you're, you're dead. Fucked. There's nothing yeah, you can do. Yeah. So the only, the only thing you can do to get treatment is if you think you've been bitten by a rabid animal, you can go get treated. But and there's it's a no, series of shots, too. It's it? a series. It's not as bad as it used to be. I think it's only like, it's it's pretty invasive, though. It's, yeah. it's painful. They shoot it like in your stomach and stuff. It's, <sighs> it's unpleasant. Right. But you can get treated but once you start being scared of water and ejaculating you know 40 times in a day you're done it's over i was gonna say i i still like water so i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did oh, that's terrible all right all right um i want to give some references because i actually had to do a lot more research on this than i usually do okay yeah do it um so i read a whole book about rabies and it's called rabid by bill wasick who's the wired senior editor and his wife monica murphy who's a veterinarian cool it's the entire history of rabies of ever and it was really really fascinating really really interesting Um, so that was a great resource for me yeah also i chose this topic when i was listening to the true story about a woman attacked by a rabid raccoon in this american life which is a podcast and the episode is called and the call was coming from the basement after that i just be kind of was i thought every i live in new york and every squirrel that i saw i was like oh my god it's got rabies when i would see the rats on the subway i'd be like well everything's got rabies and that's how this episode came about. Like, I listened to that podcast and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's enough information to do an episode of Slums on this. And right. so that was kind of the inspiration. So check that out. This American Life and the call was coming from the basement. Those were my big two references. So it's huh, good. Yeah. I, I learned a lot from this podcast. I learned more than I ever thought about rabies about rabies exclamation point i feel like there needs to be more rabies movies i think that the time is right now to really make a balls out like rabies well it it can be the remake of i drink your blood oh that's right yeah i think someone make that movie please yeah uh, we, we're gonna go see it make it good yeah make it and really good all rabies obsessed uh hippie cults charles manson yeah oh man just awesome. really go for it yeah we're uh, there let us know when it's done all right Great. Well, thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. Yeah. Not to beat a dead horse, but review (laughs) us on iTunes. It's a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. And we're pandering, but we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening and commenting on iTunes. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can view links to some of the movies we talk about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Bad Movie Monday, our recommendation for the worst of the worst films every Monday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter, where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. Yeah, I'm like, and then you die from rabies, and you're like, <laughs> like that's great. You're like, I can't help myself from laughing. That's so funny. Yeah. It is kind of funny.